This is an IG Partner Content podcast. The news and editorial team had no role in its preparation. Hello and welcome to this final episode of Decoding the Markets, a series of podcasts from IG giving a global perspective on current investing trends. In this episode, we're discussing tech. A lot of companies have seen their share prices rocket recently, and I want to find out if that will last. I'm Satwant Panda, and joining us in today's episode is Daniel Ives, Managing Director and Senior Equity Research Analyst at Wedbush Securities, and Victoria Scholar, Market Analyst at IG. So tech stocks are propelling the markets right now. Dan, are we in a bubble, and are these valuations justified? It's a great question. And as someone that's covered tech on the street for over 20 years, seeing the bubble and burst back in 2000, I view it as a totally different market and different dynamics. I mean, we're seeing some of the strongest secular drivers that that we've ever seen for technology in terms of cloud, streaming, e-commerce, and others. And I really view it as a re-rating. I think this market starved for growth, which is why you continue to see FANG names as well as work from home and over software go higher. I still think I look out the next six to nine months, I see tech stocks another 20 to 25% higher. It's a green light to me, just given what we've seen in the overall field for tech. Yeah, just just to add to what Dan said there, I mean, the NASDAQ, obviously the tech-heavy NASDAQ is up by about 75% from those March lows, and it's almost back at those all-time highs. But the tech sector is just so broad now. There are so many different subsectors within that sector that I think that actually there are bubbles within the sector, but not necessarily as a whole. I mean, if we look at Tesla, for example, it's the most notable example, up by more than 430% this year. It's never made an annual profit. Um, and, And I personally don't think that that valuation is justified. Yeah, and, and I would just add to Victoria's point, I, I do think there are some stretch valuations in within tech or within the market. But I think just taking Tesla as an example, you know, Tesla is being treated, which we believe, is as a technology company, disruptive technology, not an automobile company. And I think what you're starting to see, especially in the EV market, there's such a demand to play that as a public equity that you've seen Tesla continue to gain more and more attention from investors because of its 3% penetrated in a market we expect to be $800 billion over the next decade. But it just speaks to what we're seeing in this market in terms of just scarcity of growth stocks, which tech continues to play into. Yeah, yeah. And I think we've also just seen a lot of asset price inflation generally, not just in the tech sector with this very strong recovery uh, for stock markets since the first quarter global market sell off. And, you know, when you look at equities um, and compare that to what we're seeing in terms of uh, the underlying economy, there seems to be a little bit um, of a disconnect there. But actually, what's sort of driving that is this massive monetary and fiscal stimulus that we've seen that's supporting markets. And that kind of goes to explain the disconnect between these lofty valuations and say what we're seeing in terms of GDP figures, uh, unemployment figures, and indeed the state of the pandemic. Dan, you did mention some of the FANG stocks there, and I do want to talk about them a bit more. Um, Amazon in particular, it's nearly twice the price it was a year ago. Can we expect this tear to continue? 
I believe it does. Uh, I mean, obviously you have regulatory both in the Beltway as well as in the EU for tech companies like Amazon, Apple, out of the fang names. But to me, specifically when I look at Amazon, it's some of the parts. I mean, I look at the e-commerce side plus the cloud piece, and I think that's a stock that still has 20 25% more upside when you start to really look at the cloud business. I think that's a big part of the re-reading in Amazon. And even though e-commerce continues to be the hearts and lungs of the story, I think what's starting to happen is that investors are giving more of a valuation to that cloud piece, which today we're seeing, you know, today about 30% of workloads are in the cloud, going to 55% in the next two years. Massive benefit for not just Amazon, but Microsoft, which continues to sort of be a secular play in this market. Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of the outlook for the sector, adding to what Dan said, most investors are expecting um, more upside, not necessarily at the parabolic pace that we've seen this year, but there does appear to be a bit of a bias towards further gains. Uh, and they, that is supported by some sort of fundamental drivers. We've got third quarter earnings season coming up. That could provide a tailwind for stocks. I think a lot of the companies as well are actually quite recession proof and they're likely to weather further lockdowns or, or downturns pretty well. And of course, we've got the election and, and whatever the outcome there, it's expected that we'll see a major U.S. fiscal stimulus bill, whether it's from Biden or Trump after the event. And that could bolster markets and indeed tech stocks. So we've talked about the cloud and e-commerce. Let's talk about video games. You may have seen in the news that Microsoft has paid more for Bethesda than Disney paid for Marvel. Dan, do you think that was a smart move? And when will Microsoft reap the benefits of this acquisition? Yeah, in terms of Microsoft Bethesda, I think that was a smart move at the right time. Because what you're starting to see on the gaming side, on the, on the cloud gaming, it's really a massive growth opportunity, especially where Microsoft's position. You know, what's starting to happen now in Redmond, they're doubling down a bit on the consumer business. If you think about Microsoft today, it's been all enterprise cloud and obviously robust. But now, especially with Xbox, new console coming out, as well as more subscription from a gaming perspective, we've seen Apple go that direction as well. I think this is just another opportunity for Microsoft to put a fence around its install base, and it's all about content. So I believe this is sort of the tip of the sphere. I could see more acquisitions such as this, but this is something that investors wanted to see, and I think that was really the smart move when they went after Bethesda. So aside from the Fang stocks and Zoom, which we will talk about in a minute, are there any other tech players out there that perhaps are not on the radar of investors and could be worth looking at? To me... It's really around cybersecurity. I mean, of course, we could talk about work from home and FANG names, which are obviously very, everyone's pretty well versed in. I think where the, the sort of golden goose is going to be is in cybersecurity, because as we're seeing such a shift to the cloud, you got protectors workloads. So I view it, that's a market, and that's an area where I want to be heavily invested in. I look at names like Zscaler. CyberArk, Veronis, CrowdStrike, SailPoint. There's a whole basket of cybersecurity names that play into that. And I think that's something, you know, Victoria touched on some of the, the spending trends. I think as we go into 2021, you're really going to see an acceleration of cybersecurity spend. I, I think you could all see consolidation as well. Microsoft, Oracle, some of the you know, bigger players looking to do acquisitions. And so I, I would definitely point to that area as part of our broader sort of bullish view uh, in tech, besides just FANG and overall cloud names. 
So let's talk about Zoom. It's been a constant feature throughout the pandemic. When and if we ever return to some sort of normality, do you think Zoom can continue to be a success story? Yeah, I mean, well, obviously, we all know that Zoom has had an incredible run this year. It did become the kind of key proxy play for how to trade national lockdowns. And it's up by something like 400% from um, the March lows. So I think as the pandemic subsides, it's probably natural to expect a bit of weakness to come through for a stock like Zoom. Nonetheless, when you take a step back, I think you could almost use that weakness as a buying opportunity because the global pandemic has sort of expedited some economic trends that were already in place, one of which is a change in the way we work. Um, You know, a lot of us have had to adapt to working from home. Companies are starting to realize that it actually makes sense as well. Uh, So I guess that working from home is going to become an increasing part of of work life. And and these technologies are only going to get better. But it's not just Zoom. There are others out there as well, like Microsoft Teams or uh, Google Meet. Yeah, and I think Victoria, I mean, hits the nail on the head because I think when you look at Zoom, it's really it's a paradigm changer in terms of work from home. We could talk about COVID and you know vaccine and and come back to work, but I think this is a sustainable long term trend on the Zoom side. I think that's what investors are sort of baking in, not just the Zoom, but other work from home names like Citrix and Slack, and obviously a bit, a bit on Microsoft Teams. It's really a shift. And I think what you're really starting to see is the valuations reflect that. Some could argue valuations have got ahead of themselves. I think that's a tough bet to make, just given what we're seeing in terms of just some of these secular shifts, potentially for the next decade. Yeah. And you mentioned the shifts just there over the next decade, the way we are living, working, it's all changing. Dan, bearing that in mind, which tech companies do you think we'll still be talking about in, say, five to 10 years time? Well, I think when we look, it all starts with cloud with Microsoft. I think Microsoft is really going through just a massive evolution of growth in the cloud. But I think with that spawning, you know, companies like Salesforce.com, Workday, uh, on the application side, I think you're just going to gain more and more share. And I think as we look out the next four or five years, the work from home names, the cybersecurity names today, there's probably going to be 15 to 20 names that are not even public yet, you know, as we go into the coming years, because I think this is a major growth opportunity for investors to play in terms of some of these areas where we expect in the cloud a trillion dollars to be spent in the next decade. So to me, As an investor, you continue to own the secular plays, work from home, cybersecurity, cloud, in in terms of a basket of large cap and mid cap. And I think those are really the ways to play it. As, of course, the the one wrench or the one fly in the ointment is, of course, is regulatory. Because given what we're seeing, especially in the Beltway, and if you have a blue wave, you could get more and more pressure for breakups. I don't think right now that happens. I think it's more of a you know fines in terms of a contained risk, but that continues to be, along with the US-China situation, by the biggest risks to this tech bull market, in my opinion. Thank you so much for joining us today. Do make sure you go back and listen to our other episodes if you haven't already. your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. 
Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.